0: Welcome and thank you for joining our podcast. In celebration of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month at Littler, we are highlighting some of our talent in the firm and reaching out to individuals in the global community. Hello, my name is William Ng, and I'm a shareholder in Littler's Long Island office and president of the Asian American Bar Association of New York. Today, we've invited Hina Opa, an associate from our Rochester office, and Gregory Iskander, office managing shareholder from our Walnut Creek office to share their stories on the important topic regarding advancement of AAPI leaders.
1: Before we jump into the conversation, I wanted the panelists to give us a little background about themselves. Thank you, William. My name is Greg Skander. I'm the managing shareholder of our Walnut Creek, California office just outside of Northern California Bay Area. My background is Middle Eastern, uh, specifically Egyptian. I'm first generation American, and I've been managing shareholder of our office here at Littler for about the last five years. Uh, looking forward to participating in this podcast and uh, sharing some of my insights.
2: Hi, everyone. So great to be here. Thanks for having me. As you said, I'm an attorney based in the Littler, Rochester, New York office. I work on global workforce issues as well as handling employment litigation. My parents are from Pakistan. They immigrated to Canada about a year or so before I was born. I was actually raised out West in Edmonton, Alberta, and we moved down to Rhode Island in 2002. So I am, uh, if you want to hyphen at me, uh, a Canadian American, but I definitely think that, you know, there's a sense of global nomadism that's part of my culture as well.
0: Great. Thanks so much for that. So as many of you know, AAPI Heritage Month recognizes and celebrates the contributions and influence of Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders to U.S. history, culture, and achievements. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about issues that greatly affect our community and how we can advance in leadership roles. As many of you know, statistics and studies have shown that APIs are represented well at the entry-level positions in various industries, including healthcare, finance, legal, and the tech industries, to name a few. However, while there appears to be a perception that while AAPI employees are good workers, they may be uh, viewed as ineffective or weak managers. And this viewpoint may prevent AAPIs from advancing to senior leadership and management roles within companies and organizations. So while it appears that companies and organizations are doing well in terms of recruitment of AAPIs, the numbers show that AAPIs are leaving companies and organizations at higher rates and not advancing to leadership positions. During this podcast, we'll discuss the advancement of AAPI leaders within their companies and organizations and try to address why this is important how it can be done, and what can be done with recruitment and retention of AAPIs within companies. So let's get started. Greg, this question is directed to you. You've reached an important leadership position within Littler as the office managing shareholder of our Walnut Creek office. What was your motivation seeking this role? And why do you believe it's important for AAPIs to seek leadership roles within their organizations?
1: Well, certainly with respect to my motivation in seeking this role, I do think it's important for all organizations, including our law firm, to have diverse attorneys in leadership roles. And that was part of my motivation in seeking this in terms of demonstrating the kind of diversity that our firm is committed to, as well as it being important towards retention, recruiting, and just a more collaborative environment amongst our attorneys. In terms of you know, pursuing the role, it certainly happens organically to some extent with respect to uh, showing and demonstrating that you can be an active and, and collaborative leader at the firm. For me, it started off uh, even before I became a shareholder, as a senior associate, being very active with recruiting, active with mentoring, more junior associates, uh, active in terms of establishing a lot of collaboration within the office, uh, setting up office events, making sure everyone's talking and getting together. And I think that demonstrated leadership when the position became available, led the firm leaders to reach out to me and, and... Basically, say you've demonstrated the leadership qualities we're looking for, and then that was certainly an opportunity that, that I thought it was important to pursue, you know, for the reasons I've indicated.
0: Great. Thanks
1: so much, Greg. Hina, as a senior associate, you've held significant leadership
0: positions within various national and local bar associations. What was your motivation for seeking these external roles? And also, why do you believe it was important for APIs to seek leadership roles?
2: Yeah, I think I have a bit of a selfish reason that was motivating me to seek these roles because for me it was about finding a tribe, a support system, sort of a safe space to grow as a professional. You know, I didn't come from a background where there was connections in the legal community that I was stepping in, and most of the time when I would walk into a room as a lawyer, I was the only female, the only woman of color, etc. And so finding other like-minded folks that could kind of understand what that feels like was really just selfish. You know, I created a community that I could draw from. And so I, you know, when I first reached out i think i had shown up in boston and i didn't know anyone and so i ended up joining the south asian bar association there and i ended up becoming president after a few years that's what happens when you raise your hand and you start volunteering and it was such a wonderful way for me to just create a network Of folks that were brilliant, you know, they had similar backgrounds, so we could talk about joint family issues. We could talk about other things that maybe in my typical office environment we weren't dealing with. And at the same time, I think while I wasn't necessarily seeking these roles, I think it you know, it's funny because now that I think back on it, I really wish I had been actively seeking these roles, but most of it was just organic. I had taken on a lot of responsibilities trying to help out. And then I was identified as someone who could take on a larger leadership role as the president of Saba GB, the greater Boston area. But at the same time, I I think it would be incumbent on more people of AAPI background to go forth and actually actively take on leadership roles. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think it's definitely our cultural upbringing where we tend to, you know, put our head down and do a lot of the work and we don't necessarily seek sort of those promotional positions as the face of an organization, as trying to talk and get out there. So representation matters. There's a lot of issues that uniquely impact us. And when I was president of our uh, local bar association there, you know, I was able to address things that were happening. Happening that were unique to our community, which I really think is important. And even when you're internal to your organization, I think, you know, I can say like Greg, you know, focusing on recruiting things that are really important to our own communities, trying to increase diverse attorney representation, et cetera, having attorneys with our background is so important to impact all of those.
0: Great. Thanks so much. Now that you both shared some information about, you know, sort of your motivations and and why you believe it's important to seek leadership roles. Um, For our listeners, what can new or junior employees do now to sort of set themselves up for future leadership roles? And, And what do you think companies are looking for? Hina, let's start with you.
2: Yeah, I think there are a few things to think about here. You know, first, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And I think as a woman of color, I'm definitely in tune that there are different times in your life when you're going to be focused on like putting the pedal to the metal with your career and trying to do all that extra stuff that Greg was talking about, like taking over different responsibilities at work and trying to shine. And then there are other times when maybe you need to stop back from those office extracurriculars and just take care of your family. And that's okay too. And I feel like we have to understand that if you want to set yourself up for a future leadership role where you're going to be successful, you have to learn to do that dance because otherwise you'll burn out one way or the other. If you think it's going to be a silo where I just work really hard, build my hours, and then I just go home, it's going to be hard to advance in the same way. If you're totally doing all that stuff, like speaking on panels, going to all the conferences, shaking all those hands, you know, you're, you're going to probably burn out too. So I think it's a lot about balance and being a leader in an organization, you know, companies are looking for someone who is able to do both of those things, you know, taking care, prioritizing yourself and your self-care, and as well as stepping into what is best for the organization, you know, having that kind of ability to work in both of those worlds and really connect with the employees that you're then going to be leading.
0: Greg, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on this issue.
1: Thank you. Yeah, and I, and I agree with everything that Hannah said. And one of the things she had said earlier, which I agree with also, is I think a lot in our community here, you know, do have the tendency to you know, put your head down and do the work. And with the idea or understanding that if if you just put in the hard work, you'll be recognized and you'll be advanced. I mean, I think from even a young age, from my father, you know, and and family coming in as immigrants, that's the message. Just do your work and then the good things will come. And I think one of the things in terms of setting yourself up for future leadership roles and even what companies are looking for is you do have to advocate for yourself a little and you have to show that this is something you want and it's something you want to do. I think it's those people who who are going to move into the leadership role, so not only demonstrating that you've you've got the ability to do that leadership type role, but also you know advocating for yourself to to put yourself in position to get those roles and and asking for it. And certainly in terms of what companies are looking for, at the end of the day, the most effective leaders are the ones that could manage a lot of different personalities, and that comes back to collaboration. So you know, you're looking for folks who uh, could understand and work with a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of different personalities, and, and how to manage that in an effective way that promotes collaboration and, and less disruption. So I think those are the, the keys in terms of setting yourself up for the leadership type position within our community.
0: Thanks, Greg. And I just wanted to pick up on something you just mentioned. You and Hina have told us why you're interested in leadership roles, why it's important to to seek those roles out, and now sort of summarizing how junior employees can seek advancement within those organizations. But based on all your experience, what do you believe are the most important traits to be an effective leader?
1: Yeah, from my perspective, I mean, I think one of the most important traits is the ability to promote collaboration and of course, to inspire. I mean you know we're all in difficult jobs and there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world and being able to uh, allow people to work in an environment that they feel comfortable in, safe in, um, proud to be in is important. And so I think you know for example, you know, I know here at Littler, we, you know, collaboration is a big factor and not only within, for example, our affinity groups, but even we collaborate amongst the affinity groups. So we have events where all the affinity groups get together and collaborate both in terms of promoting not only diversity, but leadership and promoting the organization as a whole. And I think generally, that's important. And even working with our clients and, and customers, those are the kinds of things that they're looking for in the uh, outside counsel that they're hiring, both not only the diversity, but also the, the leadership, quality traits and collaboration with them and amongst their the colleagues uh, within the firm that they're hiring. So I think in, in terms of the most important traits, it's, you know, the ability to collaborate and the ability to understand and work with various viewpoints is one of the most important traits to be an effective leader. And Hina, I'd love to hear your perspective on this.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with everything Craig has said. And I also think that we do as AAPI especially need to think about how we project ourselves because being an effective leader, you do need to have that sort of trust and that ability to project some kind of strength that you, you know, you're leading a group, you're making decisions, you know, having the good judgment. I mean, when I was first starting out as a lawyer, I remember somebody told me, you know, when when you're getting hired to do something, when you're being hired to take on a role, people are looking for a trusted advisor. They want To see someone who not just can do the work, but they're able to also provide that kind of sense of comfort, like, okay, I have your interests at heart, I'm doing the best that I can. And these are the decisions that I'm going to make after all that collaboration, the listening, you know, putting that kind of ego aside and being able to do that crowdsourcing of ideas. But at the end of the day, you know, an effective leader is someone who can prioritize and based on all that information, really make good judgment decisions that is in the interest of the organization and the folks that are part of it
0: in recent years we've heard this term imposter syndrome and how these feelings of self-doubt lack of confidence even in highly successful people may be unintentionally limiting apis from growing within their organizations what can we do to break from this mindset and i'll throw that question out to greg first
1: you know i i certainly think in terms of breaking out of that mindset is putting our folks in a position of leadership and allowing them to feel that the opportunities are there for them and breaking down some of those barriers that folks in the community may be feeling. And I certainly think that, you know, over time, you know, this is a long-term project to break through this type of syndrome, but it does start with the leadership of organizations putting our folks and changing the culture within the organization from the top down to to help, you know, break through this issue. Hina, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well.
2: Sure. I, you know, imposter syndrome really hits everybody across the board for a certain amount of time. Whenever you're in sort of an area that you're not familiar, um, usually you, you start off like the first day of law school, you know, you don't know what you're doing, then you kind of Start seeing that everyone else is sort of at the same place as you, and you get a little better at it. And then you realize, hey, I really do know what I'm doing. And I think in theory, that means the imposter syndrome is supposed to go away. But in fact, and for a lot of AAPI folks, it kind of lingers on as you go through, even though you're supremely overqualified for certain things or you're you know a SME or something you still kind of have that sense of self doubt and one of the reasons that i actually think I- is because of they're reinforced by microaggressions that we do experience in the workplace and in society at large so it's one thing to break out of that mindset i think i know my own experience i know how to draft emotion to dismiss i know how to handle a lot of really difficult questions but when you walk into a place and people assume that you're the secretary or the plaintiff or something. These kinds of microaggressions can really impact an individual and that kind of a burden of being put back to that first day of law school where someone is doubting you and what your place is. And so ultimately, I don't really see imposter syndrome ever going away, but I think that it can be managed a couple of ways. And one is to try to, as Greg said, the more you see folks that look like me or Greg in positions of power, the less likely you're going to have those instances where they're like, oh, are you the secretary or the court reporter? And then also, you know, we as a community have to break out of it because we can't carry that stuff around with us. And I still, you know, I could forget the 15 good things the client said to me. And I can remember the one time somebody thought that I was supposed to go get the coffee. And that's that's on me, right? You got to get that thick skin to sort of move forward and keep pushing. And I know a lot of people that that burden can be really heavy. And so that's why they leave the profession of the law or they leave their employer because those microaggressions can add up. And it's not fair to think that, you know, we have to carry that all on ourselves, but there is both sides. One is us learning, you know, that's not what defines us. We know our own level of skill and where we belong and then also the changes that need to happen around us so that those kinds of doubts are not fostered on us. I think a lot of us grew up knowing that we don't belong and so for us to get to a point where we don't have imposter syndrome is can be can be really challenging.
0: Thanks so much for being so honest with your response. Now during this pandemic it's really changed the way we all work and live and there's been, in, in recent years, just a lot of change within organizations and a lot of movement within jobs. Now, what can companies do to ensure AAPI employees are not only retained, but given the
1: opportunity to pursue leadership positions within an organization? I'm going to start with Greg first. I, I think it's important that organizations demonstrate to folks within the AAPI community that there are going to be opportunities for advancement and leadership positions within the organization. And I think that's the most important thing for promoting both recruiting and retention amongst the community and the organizations. And certainly, I do think it's important that, you know, people see that there are people, um, diverse people and people, AAPI, within leadership positions. I think that certainly promotes recruiting and retention. I know that's certainly been the case within our organization and, and our office, that I think the folks within that community have grown significantly and there's been better retention just seeing that, those opportunities are there and that there are people in leadership positions within the community.
2: Hannah? Yes, I completely echo what Greg said. And I suppose... I've seen this trend of going away from talking about inclusion and talking more about a sense of belonging. And I think that is really key here, you know, feeling like you belong to an organization, you're being heard, it's a safe space so that if you're experiencing some issues, you can bring them up. You know, these are things that are really going to contribute to AAPI's retention and being able to pursue leadership positions kind of comes from that because once you don't just feel like, oh, I'm just clocking in and I'm an employee, but you actually feel like you're part of something, then taking on those kinds of added leadership roles such as recruiting or becoming a spokesperson for the office or getting all those associates together to have like a happy hour, that makes more sense because this is, a family right we call we have our affinity group called ohana that's for all the asian american attorneys at littler and it means family we are trying to create a sense of belonging so that everyone that's part of there just ha- you know it's not that this is just your workplace but we have bonds that go beyond that as well
0: great thanks so much and i know these topics are so important and we could speak on these issues for a long time and in, in another podcast but i think this is a great conversation to continue to have, and I really thank you for your time and willingness to share your thoughts on AAPI leadership. I definitely look forward to continuing this discussion in the near future. Greg and Hannah, thank you so much for your time. And for our listeners, stay tuned for our next Littler podcast as we further celebrate AAPI Heritage Month.